0: You're tuning into in. in. TBD.
1: TBD. TBD. Into TBD. T-
0: TBD. TBD. To be discussed. To be discussed. To be discussed. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast. And, and I have a very special guest. And I'll let her introduce herself, tell her where she's from, um, what she does, just like give her a little rundown. So.
1: Yeah. So, my name is Nicole Scarlatto. Uh, pronouns are she, her. I'm a disabled transgender woman. i from the Bay Area. I'm from San Jose, actually. Currently live in Oakland, but moving to New York in like five days. So I'm like super stoked about that. Um, I work in tech. I work at a tech company as a coordinator in recruiting. Something I just kind of fell into, to be honest. And um, I also model. Which is one of the reasons I'm making the move to New York.
0: Ooh, uh, so exciting. I'm so happy that we're able to get on this podcast. And thank you so much for making time because I know moving is super stressful. Yeah, yeah. So this is like a treat. I'm like so excited. Thank yeah. you for joining the of course. podcast.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so um, can you tell us a little bit of like how long um, have you started officially transitioning?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm 33 and I I finally came to terms with my gender identity when I was about I was 30 30, 31. I just turned 31. Mm-hmm. Now granted there was like many steps before that, but like when I finally like the light bulb went off, that's when I was 31 and I just got out of engagement. Um I had like was living a whole different life before. But I always like I always had this nagging thought that, you know, maybe something was off. Um I wanna say, let's see, that was May of 17. And then I started hormones September of seventeen, so it's been a little over two years on on hormones now. So really, it's the whole. I came out to myself two and a half Mm -hmm. years ago. I've been physically transitioning about two years, Um, and yeah, it's been a journey.
0: Yeah, it sounds like May was when you decided, and then September, which is a couple months after that, you were like, okay, let's like get this started.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, I wanted to do it sooner, to be honest. It was just a lot of hoops you have to jump through mm-hmm. with, you know, the doctors. You have to get like a, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, most places have a waiting list to get in for the first time. And then you finally get in, you have to get like a an approval, like a letter from your doctor. Um, and then my family, like trying to deal with that whole thing. Cause I was at the time still living at home. So mm-hmm. it was it was rough. It was rough.
0: Yeah. And uh, could you speak a little bit to that? Like when you i guess maybe even before then like when did you realize that you no longer identify with the gender that you were assigned
1: yeah so i the the first like thoughts i had around it i want to say i was probably six years old ish Mm -hmm. um and just like at the time i didn't so i was born in the late 80s right and there really wasn't there was no dialogue around what it meant to be trans there was no visibility mm-hmm. um and the internet was just kind of in its early stages so i had no idea that what i felt was something that actually meant i was transgender i just had these feelings that i wished i, w- I would have been a girl and because i thought something was wrong with that i never told anyone i kept it to myself and i was also raised and in, initially raised in a really religious up uh, like household Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of shame around things like you know sexual identity and and possible gender identity you know things had to be that very like you know heteronormative type Mm -hmm. of type of way you know
0: yeah this is what boys do and this is what girls do
1: and that was less pushing me from my parents and more just from the church environment you Mm -hmm. know because we were really involved initially when i was a child i was the oldest um so you know just being around other you know this uh, culture is what really kind of pushed that into me so i I didn't talk about it and Mm -hmm. i just from that age until my teenage years, it would just kind of pop up here and there. And I remember I always felt really funny when I'd see, like, a movie where someone would maybe, like, you know, be a trans person. At the time, I didn't know what that that was. That was Mm -hmm. just someone that was, you know, a man in woman's clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I got into my teenage years, and that's when I started to actually, you know, go through puberty. So I started to, like, you know, become sexually active. So then it, like, took on a different... um, Initially, there was these feelings around sexually like, wanting to be a woman, mm-hmm. but you know those feelings existed before I hit puberty, and com- come to find out later in life that um, it's really common, and it's kind of rooted in this idea that like, well, most women that like love their bodies, of course, they're turned on by that because they feel sexy, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of like rooted in that. Um, so once I hit teenage years definitely I was way too scared people thought of me to like mm-hmm. talk about this stuff so I just like it was always there and I kind of always just like pushed it away and compartmentalized it and you know the internet was was now a thing mm-hmm. I remember like the early AOL days like back in the day dial up right <laughs> yes um yeah so Sorry. I remember at some point I want to say it was probably at the end of high school or just after high school so like 05 06 um came across my first transgender um, porn actress. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, (laughs) when I came across them, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, that was, like, man, you know? And it was, like, this feeling, like, of, like, I was so fascinated Mm -hmm. and curious. And not even sexually. It was more just, like, oh, like, I wonder what I would look like if I had those things done to me. Because they had a ton of surgery. So, that was my initial, like, it was all, like, a sex context was, like, this thought. So, it was always something that I kept to myself, um, didn't talk about. I only, like, explored it. When I was by myself, in my room, you know, mm-hmm. just surfing around on the internet when I was bored, late at night, and that's when I'd come across random things, on, you know, online. Um,
0: and at this point, were you thinking, is this a possibility for you,
1: or you were just kind of gaining knowledge? Just gaining knowledge and mm-hmm. awareness. Um, again, there was still really, at the time, people weren't using the word transgender, mm-hmm. and even though my family had kind of stopped going to church, we still... We didn't have conversations about things like gender. I mm-hmm. you know, Coming from a home, you know, with four boys, well, at the time four boys, mm-hmm. you know, kinda myself, um, and my mom's kind of a tomboy herself. So there's a lot of testosterone in our home, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of love still. But like, if I would had a sister, I think, especially like a sister who was pretty feminine, I, mm-hmm. I probably, especially if she was older, I probably would have figured it out sooner. I probably would have like played with her stuff and like let her dress me up, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but
1: I never had that, so mm-hmm. I just like. I had all-guy friends. I had brothers. Um, and I kind of just, like, kept it in the back of my mind. Um, and it would come and go. Um, as I got older, it would, like, hit me again. And I'd kind of think about it, like, obsessively for, like, a month. And then I'd have to compartmentalize it again and mm-hmm. go away. Um, the entire time, just never really thinking about that it meant I might have been transgender. Because, you know, eventually mm-hmm. there was more of, like, a, there was more language around it. Um, you know, Caitlyn Jenner had come out. At the time, the person I was dating actually was really into the the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. So we had conversations, and and I had conversations with other people about, you know, defending her, to be honest. Because, like, I have very strong opinions about her as a person, but Mm -hmm. the reality is, is like that started a lot of dialogue with a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember people, like, talking bad. And I always had this, like, soft spot for trans people. I was always, like, you know, like, first off, let them live their life. Like, who cares? Second off, like, why would they choose to, like, make their life harder right like right you know, yeah like, like good for them because like, it's
0: not an easy process no it's
1: not but like little did i know all these like feelings i had were like if you talk to trans women had the same experiences before they came to kind of like figured it out and came out to themselves as trans and mm-hmm. in the in the community they, we call it um your egg cracking so like before you like come to terms with it you're an egg right uh uh-huh. Yeah, the other thing that the other piece to this entire thing was when I hit my teenage years, um, I started using drugs and alcohol, Mm -hmm. and it was pretty much from that age until my late twenties that I always numbed myself with something, Mm -hmm. whether it be just like alcohol, hard drugs. um, I was addicted to pills for a while. even just smoking too much weed. I mean, to the point where, like... Because I don't function well when I'm high. I, like, I'm just, like... My brain just... <laughs> you're not
0: a functioning high no, person. Definitely okay. not.
1: Brain just shuts off.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know, like which,
1: stuck. which sometimes is nice. But, yeah. you know, if, if you're doing it all the time, you know, that's, mm-hmm. like... You're not really facing what it means to, to be alive, I, I feel like. Yeah. And um, I think what happened was there was, like, a... There was, like, a delayed... Like a failure to launch, so to speak, in terms of emotionally, because like I was a teenager, and then I just constantly numb myself, and then I hit 27. And oh, well, I, sorry, can I jump back to
0: the? Um, were you using as like a way to block kind of yourself or your identity at all, or were these just other reasons and that just happened that? I think.
1: So I definitely I always felt different because of my leg. And obviously, I don't think we really even talked about that. But just for listeners, I'm an amputee. It's from a birth birth um, condition, Um, and because I've had it my whole life, I've had to like really wrestle with that idea. And I remember being in kindergarten. That's when I knew I was different. Mm -hmm. You know, because I remember I couldn't keep up with some of their kids, and I came home crying. And um, and at that point, were you? Did you have the
0: leg already? The um, prosthetic leg to help you already? Yeah,
1: yeah. So they amputated it at like. I want to say a year old. Okay. So like I learned how to walk with it. Like mm-hmm. it's all I really knew at the time. Um, which I can get more into that. But um, I was very self conscious, and I really cared what people thought about me. Mm-hmm. Yet I was still pretty popular. Like I had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I just still really, really, really cared what people thought about me. And I think when I hit my teenage years, you know, not coming to terms with just myself as an amputee. Um, and then also the other stuff going on with my gender and my sexuality as well. Um, I think part of doing drugs and drinking initially was just having fun and escaping, mm-hmm. right? Because I, yeah. like, I liked going to parties. I liked being with all my friends and having a good time. And it made me feel good. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck would I want to do that, right? Right, exactly. Like at that age. But then, you know, it, I have a, an addictive personality. So that turns into just habitual use. And I didn't intentionally use drugs to cover this stuff up. I think inten- it, it like ended up being that. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, it's related directly, right? Just because I I, I wanted to like fit in, and mm-hmm. I wanted to like you know, and then it turned fun. into something exactly. Turned that into was th-
0: maybe a little bit out of control. It sounds like yeah,
1: yeah. But I was always like, I mentioned I wasn't a fun- functioning pot um, like, smoker, whatever, yeah, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's an old term, but um, everything else I could function. Like mm-hmm. pills, I function. I mean probably wouldn't have able to function that much longer because that was going down a bad path but mm-hmm. you know heavier drugs I did I was able to just get by but you what was your initial question you mentioned something about it was sorry.
0: just uh was it a way to kind of deal with the identity um, yeah. but I feel like you answered that yeah so at yeah. this time did you have um people that you can go to where you can really be you at like the rawest form at this time were no, you no mm-hmm. I
1: really didn't I mean like I knew of people that I probably could be but I didn't Make the connection that I would, that, that could be a possibility, or that was a possibility, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, the people that I came out to like earliest in my transition were those people, because I, I just knew they would accept me. It was like my, one of my yeah. cousins and just a few other people. Um, but yeah, so that pattern off and on lasted until I was 27. Also, throw in, um, I had a lot of guilt around the fact that I like, didn't really go to church much anymore. Mm-hmm. Or I, I just, I just always, for me, God and the idea of like religion was always rooted around like shame and like not being good enough mm-hmm. so I, I I always felt like I was I was like not good enough and like oh I need to stop doing these things and go to church I need to like marry a good a church church girl is what mm-hmm. I used to think you know mm-hmm. even though I was out like partying and like sleeping with women and like you know doing my thing um, so I'd go through these periods where like when I was using it, I'd I'd be like out of control then I'd stop using it for like maybe a couple months six months and mm-hmm. then I'd like kind of like get myself together and go to like a church group for a while Um, And then just slow back out and go right back to it. It was just like this, this cycle. So I hit 27 and um, you know, I didn't go to college or anything. I was working at, I have a family, my family owns a business. I worked Mm -hmm. there for 10 years. I don't work there now, but I got, I got a job somewhere where I met this. It was like a temporary deal Mm because I love my family business. And, um, I met this, this girl and she was, I won't go into too much about her, but essentially she like had her stuff together. She had like mm-hmm. graduated college. She had like a great job. She was like really passionate about just like her faith. Um,
0: that ideal woman that yeah. you were you know, supposed to marry exactly. or wanted to marry. And yes. this ideal life that you thought was going to be yeah. what you wanted actually, like at the moment, like, or at that time, you're like, this
1: is what I need to strive to be. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was, uh, it felt like it was like, this is meant to be. I'm 27. Mm-hmm. It's time to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. This is the one. And we hit it off really, really quickly. And through that relationship, I was like, okay, I'm going to like stop partying. And I'm going to like kind of focus on on me. And I mm-hmm. want to be able to like, maybe like have a family with this person and maybe mm-hmm. buy home one day and provide and just like the the usual things that we kind of just or told to want, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we see it around us as well, you know,
0: like that's the process. Yeah. This is what's supposed to happen. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, so we actually had a great connection. We hit it off. Um, and I like went back to school. I was working part time and, um, process. I want to say like, like she didn't realize that I wasn't super, super transparent about like how much I had used before at Mm -hmm. first. I eventually I told her, but what ended up happening was like six to eight months ish into our relationship. Finally, I was like feeling things and having to deal with my emotions, you mm-hmm. know, in a way that I had always avoided because I was just using, using, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it caused a ton of anxiety and stress, but I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. My sleep became terrible, um, which in turn would like have me feel just like, just so terrible during the day. And I mean, to the point where like I... I, like, didn't want anyone like, live like that. I was like, what is... This isn't even, like... So, I, like, was... I was so... And I have OCD, so... I'm, like, diagnosed with OCD, so I would, like, have compulsive, compulsive thoughts about it and, like, look it up all the time on the internet. And it was, like, mm-hmm. this spiral I went down. Um, so... Well, what I, were... What was it that was... You felt, like, was off at that moment? Well, at that point... Um, it seemed like well it, in hindsight it was anxiety mm-hmm. but also that anxiety triggered um really bad chronic pain and chronic fatigue which i still deal with to this day mm-hmm. I um you know later i come to find out that um i come to learn that there's like this whole community of folks online that have like chronic pain and like chronic disease that there's really no diagnosis for mm-hmm. and i don't know enough about it all but um and i would probably put myself into that category if i had to to really like narrow it down but after a while my, my girlfriend at the time she was like you know maybe you should think about trying therapy or something maybe mm-hmm. there's like another aspect of this you're not you're not hitting yeah um, so you're going the medical route like doctors yeah. well I
0: mean I guess this is still a, a medical route but more psychology yeah, related yeah
1: exactly yeah um, so yeah so I was like yeah why, why not at this point I'll try anything um, and then I also had a really good friend at the time who recommended I try meditation mm-hmm. so those two things I started at almost the exact same time and something started to like change in me like I I started to actually have this like space with my therapist thankfully she was amazing like Mm -hmm. we had like a great chemistry and we started to have this like space where start to reflect on ideas I maybe was too scared to think about before Mm -hmm. you know and I think so like I had like the tools I feel like from like the methods for meditation Mm -hmm. and I was able to like be in this like sandbox in therapy where I could like play with these tools and see you know what I mean and yeah and at the same time, I'm like getting serious with my my girlfriend, and we're like super involved in this church at the time. Looking back, kind of culty, it was very one of those like young, hip churches. And, um, you know, no, no shade, you know, but mm-hmm. just for like in hindsight and with how close, how deep involved I was, I was like, I was volunteering and I was like considering maybe one day I'd want to be a pastor as well. Cause I always just felt this call to like, um, to just public speak and just be there for people and mentor people. So, um, I'm starting to like question things with my therapist about what I believe in and mm-hmm. like I just these ideas that for whatever reason I just overlooked before um, and among the things that came up at one point with her was I went through a period where I was thinking about my gender identity mm-hmm. and I remember at the time I started this was the first time I truly like I took it ne- another step where instead of just like thinking about my mind I actually like ordered some clothing actually I went to Forever 21 during the day and like was like not I was so scared and I went about like, like a dress and a couple things and like I was like what am I doing? But I just, I really want to try this and see, you know, what this is. Because it feels like, I, I don't know, it feels right. Yeah. So I went and I bought up some stuff. Then I remember, like, coming home and I'd ordered like, a wig online. And, like, I put the stuff on. And, like, I hated how I looked. Because to me, at the time, I mean, transitioning is, like, a whole thing, right? So just to put stuff on and look different is, like, mm-hmm. to look like a woman. Like, it yeah. doesn't just happen, you know? Right. So I, like, didn't like what I saw. But I was, like, still just, like, super interested and wanted to try it. And um, I was talking to my therapist about it. And it was funny because my therapist was like, um, what if you're transgender? <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, not." Nah. They're like, well, let's pull up like, the manual and see what it says. Mm-hmm. You know, So she pulled it up. And she started listening to things off. And I just was like, no, 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 no. Those things are me. And I don't even remember what they said at the time. I just remember like.
0: Thinking, and did you like, disclose that Forever 21 moment yes. with her? Yeah,
1: oh, okay. I did. I opened okay. it up, yeah. And this was like the first time I was being vulnerable about just my gender, even just like, you know, sexual stuff. I was always very like like into vanilla type sex you Mm -hmm. know so i didn't so i was like for the first time exploring this idea that like actually like i think i'm also into like some like kink stuff you know Mm -hmm. so um at the same time my my girlfriend and i you know we're not we're not having sex because she's trying to stay pure
0: Mm, okay
1: we were doing some other stuff yeah but not like traditional like
0: Intercourse. No intercourse. Yeah. yeah. No yeah.
1: penetration. Yes. Well, I mean, well, maybe, I yeah, don't know. Like, yeah, you know, it's complicated. Well. Yeah,
0: the traditional yeah. intercourse, I yeah. guess. Like.
1: Yeah, so um, that was tough for me. Uh-huh. That was really tough. Yeah. And um, I, I had a very high libido before I transitioned. I still do, mm-hmm. but it's different now. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I, I used to try to like reason with her and be like, why wouldn't you want to like, test things out to see how they are? Like, What if we are not compatible? Yeah. And her logic was like, that's not how it works. Like, you marry the person and, like, you have sex with them. Like, mm-hmm. I think because she hadn't had net sex and she was a little more sheltered, um, she, we just couldn't see an eye on this. And at one point, I remember her pushing back. And this is around the same time I was talking to my therapist about this. And she pushed back and she's like, I remember telling her, like, well, what if we're not, we're not compatible? And she's like, well, why wouldn't we be compatible? Yeah. No, this is so funny. Yeah, for, what
0: does that sound? For, for those
1: listening, all of a sudden there was a weird noise coming from the front of the room. And the plant was literally just like...
0: Like limping. Limping. Sorry. That's so Completely
1: funny. Completely threw no, you no, off. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just remember her asking, like, well, why wouldn't it be compatible? And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure some things I want to experiment with. And I just don't know mm-hmm. if you would be interested in doing that. And she was like, well, like, what? And I'm like, well, I kind of want to try some, like, role-playing where I'd be, like, the woman and, like, play the submissive role. And not that, like, being a woman means you're submissive. Like, it's definitely not the case. But at the time, mm-hmm. it was, like, I was always had this expectation of, of being, like, the dominant one and the top because I was the man, even mm-hmm. though I never really felt that way. And um, So you never got to be the submissive one, really, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Um, so... It was interesting because her response to that was also what if that means you're transgender and the reason she oh. said it was because that was when caitlin jenner had come out so it's like was like, oh, it was like okay. on her mind you know so
0: along with what was happening socially yeah. and in the media yeah. it was very relevant
1: yeah and at the time I, I was like i was like no i'm not i was like it's different um i was like you know if i think i like take a pill to see what it's like i would do is what i told her but um um, a lot of trans people have to deal with like internalized transphobia mm-hmm. as they transition. And, I mean, everyone has it to a certain extent because of how society is. Mm-hmm. So I think like because of my internalized homophobia, at the time I was like, oh no, what? Well, like no, because I want to be a real woman, mm-hmm. right? That was like my logic at the time, right? Like I never really thought about gender in a way that ha- allowed me to question what it even meant to be a woman. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I was just so focused on this like binary way of thinking, um, and not open my eyes to like this. This, this reality that it's actually a spectrum and gender identity is a thing mm-hmm. as like now like medical you know the medical field is showing and science is showing so um, that conversation allowed me to just like I was like you know what I'm dropping this so like I threw those clothes away I didn't tell my partner about the clothes but I threw those away and um, I kind of compartmentalized it again mm-hmm. that was the last time I had to come up um, until I came out to myself so we were going to this church and um, I ended up proposing her the same time i'm like questioning these things with my therapist Mm -hmm. and we got engaged and started planning a wedding and i had this like epiphany it was like september ish of 2016 and i just i woke up one day and something clicked and i and i had this realization that the only reason that i am who i am the way i look the way what i believe who my manners everything is because like the life i was born into like Mm -hmm. and i had no choice over that Mm-hmm. So, like, when I realized that, that, like, really, like, shook the foundation of, like, what I, what, how I perceived, like, religion, you know, and, and this idea of, like, there being, like, a god, and um, I don't sit here and claim to say that like, there is or there isn't, you know, mm-hmm. but, like, the idea of, like, the Abrahamic, re- Abrahamic,
0: I think, religion. I, I have no idea. Like, so, like, <laughs> basically, like, Christianity,
1: <laughs> Islam, Judaism, okay. kind of, like, they tend to, like, all... Believe in the same God, you know. It kind of yeah, goes yeah, back yeah. to the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was traditions. like, I don't know yeah, what that term is. So <laughs> the <laughs> first time I realized that I'd never really figured out what it meant to be me, mm-hmm. I was just going down this like this path that was laid out before me by by everyone around me, um, because that's just always the way it is. Yeah. And it was huge. It was like all of a sudden I felt like I was in front of this like I felt. Free. It was a weird feeling. And then all of a sudden I felt like I was in front of this like vast unexplored frontier and I mm-hmm. was like excited to explore it. But I had these things I was still attached to, right? I was engaged. Yeah. I was like heavily involved in this church. I was like leading men's group. I was like praying over guys and shit, you know? And I was like, okay, I don't want to like rock the boat too quickly. I just need to explore this and see what this, what this means for me. And mm-hmm. um, so I was like kind of praying about it. Cause I was still, you know, praying I was meditating as well. And I was talking to my therapist about it, but I didn't tell my, my, my fiance at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, got to the point where i had to say something i just i was like i can't i can't do this like i can't i can't stay in this church like this way like mm-hmm. maybe i i still believe i don't know yet yeah but i can't
0: was this like a really scary time or you were even though you were scared you were still confident like i'm it, trying to gauge yeah, no, your emotion. it was
1: crazy because like i was excited and scared at the same time mm-hmm. right i was like the idea of losing my fiancé, the idea of, like, losing my, my family at church was really scary. But there was this, like, underlying, like, feeling of, like, this is right. Mm-hmm. And I never felt that before, ever yeah. in my life. This, like, confidence. So, um, I had a conversation with, with my ex um, about leaving the church. Mm-hmm. It didn't go over well. But I did. I left the church. Like, four we left. I, like, told the pastors. I sat down one-on-one with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, really hard to do. It was scary, to be honest. And I um, we went to therapy for like six months. And you and your partner? My partner. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Me and my partner, yeah. And um, I just, I realized, well, first of all, I realized, I saw things that I didn't see before because mm-hmm. we were going to therapy. I'm like, holy shit, I miss all this stuff about yeah. our incompatibility, right? Mm, okay. But like also, I just...
0: Like, like just in general? It, yeah.
1: Like we had some things that we we're very compatible for, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of like red flags that I just overlooked before. hmm Um, things that I realized I valued in a partner that she didn't have or that she like worked against, you know, Mm -hmm. which I won't get into too much of that. I felt that if I was going to stay with her, I'd always have one foot in that box. You know, I couldn't really see what it meant to step outside of that box. if I was with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like, was she ready to accept you for your whole self or? It's a good question because I, at that point still really hadn't come to terms with my gender identity. Mm, Okay. She knew that there was probably going to be some exploring mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Just about, like, whether it be different religions or whether it be just whatever, you know? Um, and she wanted, to, she really wanted to try to make it work, but she was scared. I was scared. Um, and then I just realized that I, I couldn't really explore it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, to no fault of hers. It just was the way it worked out. So I, I broke up with her. We, we split. And it was really tough. Really tough. Um we unfortunately didn't end on the best of terms. Um, I still care about her. I still love her, but we don't really talk. She knows about my transition now. We've texted, you know, sent yeah. here and there. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time now. Um, yeah, so we broke up, and within a month, that thought came back. Yeah. Our, like these feelings. And this
0: our- is when you weren't even sure
1: that you were a transgender. Yeah, okay. exactly, yeah. So the thought came back finally where it's like I, I just saw so I, I had a new therapist, and um, I started talking to her about it, and she was like, you should explore it. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck, okay. So I started like going online, but instead of just like stumbling across trans people, I started to like go to like the sources that I knew existed and just reading about it. Mm -hmm. So I went to like a lot of time on Reddit, to be honest, following Mm -hmm. like subreddits of like trans people that post like before and after photos. And they'd like share a little bit of their story. And it was like, Holy shit, like this is is possible. Like, they don't look the same person. They're so much happier. You can see it in their face, the stuff they're writing. I'm like, and then their experiences about Mm -hmm. like the stuff they experienced before their egg cracked um, were like almost exactly what I had experienced. I'm like, holy shit, I think I'm actually transgender, Mm -hmm. which was like really scary at first. But very quickly, I'm like, okay, so I just uprooted my whole life to explore so if I'm not going to explore this why did I do any of that right Right. so like logically I'm like well I have to like just see what this is about right because you owe it to yourself exactly so I, I came out to a couple people my, my cousin and another friend um, I just like slowly worked my way out from like the people that I knew would support me so I could mm-hmm. have a support system and from that May of that year until really spring of 17 like, I'd already started transitioning, but, like, I had a list of people I wanted to come out to before I became, like, public. Okay. Um, so from, yeah, for about a year, I started coming out to people, and then May of 2017 is when I, like, um, that's it, I'm Nicole. Like, yeah. no, no going back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd wanted to do it, but, like, it was really difficult, because I didn't have the full support of my family at the time. I mean, they, they're, like, amazingly supportive now. Like, mm-hmm. they're super supportive at the time. It was just, it was just really tough for them to wrap their heads around, um, i lost some friends my brothers and i it's it like hurt our relationships um since have been again much better since but
0: who was like the toughest people that you had to come out to um in terms of the actual conversation or the process maybe both okay like getting up the nerve to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Being worried about reactions or, you know, like whatever so,
1: that may be. So the nerve part was probably the first one. Even though I knew she was going to accept me, it was just like, I just, the whole time, I fumbled over my words. I don't even think I said I was trans in that conversation, but she figured it out based on what I was saying. Uh It was just so, like, I was so nervous, and all the, you know, it was just like word vomit, basically. Right, right. And then after, like, a few times, you start to get your, like, your story down, your rhythm, Mm -hmm. and you feel confident in talking about it, Mm -hmm. um, and also confident in responding to the questions that generally get asked, you know? Yeah. So that was probably the most, the scariest one. Um, The most difficult was probably both to come out to and... The process was probably my parents, my dad especially. Um, yeah, it was really tough. We, uh, but I think the idea of like losing his oldest son was really tough for him, you know mm-hmm. um, But he gained a daughter that like is amazing. yeah amazing. right no, and he, <laughs> but he sees how much happier I am you know and he sees it now and he's just like mm-hmm. so happy about it. Um, so I think that was probably the most difficult one. There's probably another one that I'm not thinking of, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. There so many.
0: Right. I'm um, sure all of them were probably pretty difficult. Yeah,
1: in their own way. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. So, anyway, so I I, basically from starting hormones and coming out to folks in, like, you know, fall of 17 to um, April of 17 was a really rough period because early on in transition, like, You know, unless you've been growing your hair out and, you know, you've already been, like, dabbling and, like, experimenting with, like, clothing and how you want to express yourself, you're very awkward for a while. Like, it's like going through second puberty. It, like, literally is. Yeah. Both the hormones, both, like, experimenting with what you wear. You're like a girl in middle school. Yeah, Trying to figure out her style and, like, Makeup, everything. Like, you wear stuff for, like, people are, like, what are you wearing? What are you, like, 15? And, like, a lot of ways you kind of are. Yeah. Um, You're, like,
0: developing your style as a woman.
1: Yes. But, like, I was tough because I couldn't get other people to really see... Even my family. Like, they, they wouldn't call me Nicole, you know? They wouldn't use the right pronouns. They just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it so difficult, is because it's a, such a slow process at first that... Mm-hmm. If they're not seeing it, it's hard for them to make the change. Right. You know? It's hard, because unless they really, really, really want to be supportive, and they just, like, it was too much for them initially. So, um, we... Yeah, I mean it was a process, but um, at the time I was working at a family business. I had left, but came back, mm-hmm. um, and I was transitioning there. But like for the first while, it looked like I was just growing my hair out, and I was wearing like kind of baggy androgynous clothes, mm-hmm. so you couldn't see like some of the changes to my body. And then I just realized that I just needed to get out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I need to like break free from my family and do something for me because I've never done anything for me. Yeah. So um, I just started applying to different places just randomly and the company I'm at now the tech company, um, was one of the ones that I applied to. And I actually heard back like a month after I applied and it was very surreal. They're a pretty well-known company. And, um, I, I was struck with this, like, okay, I applied as a guy. So how do I, how do I navigate this? Yeah. Like I am not even at the time I'm like, I'm not even gonna like hold my breath for the job, but maybe, you know, mm-hmm. but it would be it would be so big if I got it, right?
0: Well, what made you transition from wanting to be where you were at the family place into this new role, like?
1: Just because I I didn't feel supported, my, I was struggling with my family as it was, um, and also working with family. So you see, my work too is really tough. Mm-hmm. I just realized I needed to do something for me that was going to that I'd be able to like get a fresh start, essentially, yeah. right? that's what this basically was so i, I heard back which i was shocked because i didn't go to school i didn't finish my degree you know mm-hmm. and i heard back and it's a very entry level type type role and um i did interview as a guy initially and i made it past the first round i went on site and uh, i remember like okay like i'm gonna interview as a guy even though i don't makes me uncomfortable and i had to like wear like a suit it was like begging because i lost weight and i remember driving up and just being like so nervous and uncomfortable in my suit but like I did well, mm-hmm. did really well, and um, got the job. And as soon as I got my offer letter and signed it, like like the next day, I like called them, like, so by the way, I'm actually transgender. I'm transitioning. My name's Nicole. She had her pronouns. And they were just like, okay, cool, no worries. That sounds good. And I was just like, wow, okay, so this is real, you know. So yeah. I had like two or three weeks, two or three weeks off, two weeks where I like went out, it, bought a bunch of new clothes, more like fem androgynous stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, my hair was still like not what it is right now so um
0: and were you doing hormones at this time and already
1: starting that transition yeah i've been on hormones for seven months at that time i think about seven months so um
0: and how long do you start seeing changes when you start hormones
1: i mean everyone's different but usually in the first six months you start to notice some changes um and I did. I definitely noticed um, probably at about six months is when my 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 boobs started growing. Yeah. It was like just like a bud initially, just like a teenage girl would go through, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was super painful. And um, and then on top of that, I noticed my, my like, emotions changing.
0: Oh, interesting. That okay. Was,
1: that was tough because I was dealing with not being fully supported while also all of a sudden, like, crying more and mm-hmm. being more sensitive and, and learning how to, like, just how to, like, sit with that and, mm-hmm. and like see the world through that perspective, you know? And, um, I'm really grateful for it. I'm glad that I, I, I feel more than I used to. And
0: mm-hmm. Cause it sounds like you were trying to push those yeah. feelings or, well, I mean,
1: yes, I definitely tried to push them, but the difference between testosterone and estrogen is like and I've talked to like trans men who were like women that transitioned to being men, and they say that being on testosterone, like they can't access certain like emotions and feelings that they had before. Hmm. Yeah. And they're happy, but it just has to do with like it's a hormonal thing. It's yeah. really, really wild. Now everyone's different. Some people are mm-hmm. wired differently for whatever reason. But I that was the case for me when I after six months on hormones with estrogen, I was just more sensitive. You yeah, know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. I just felt differently. Um, it's like that female energy right that feminine energy right yeah like, yeah, yeah. kind of like how i how I describe it so I've been home for horns for seven months got the job and I decided when I got the job that like okay I'm gonna use day one like this is officially there's no turning back mm-hmm. I'm nicole yeah I had a couple people that were already calling it in my life but i not i didn't like wasn't like public about it yet so I did I started day one as nicole and I didn't look like I look now I look like I don't know I just look very androgynous and like uncomfortable in my skin and um, yeah I came out publicly about a month after that social mm-hmm. media and um, and about- how was
0: that uh, reception you know when you were still trying to feel comfortable and and define your style and all that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the reception of coming out on social media was like overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. If there are folks that didn't agree with it, they just unfollowed me and I didn't really notice, mm-hmm. but no one like actually left rude or negative comments, mm-hmm. thankfully. Um, but as far as like coming in terms of myself and my, 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 you know, my clothing, my fashion sense, my expression, I would say probably about a month into my job I got extensions and I dyed my hair blonde which is obviously I'm blonde now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and love it I love the blonde thank you um and that did a lot for my confidence because now I was coming into work and now when I was out and about people were finally starting to like use the right pronouns like strangers were starting to use the right pronouns you mm-hmm. know and I felt really good it's a little bit of shadow but I like have to cover it up with with makeup mm-hmm. and um seeing that in the mirror started to give me a little bit of confidence that I didn't have before and then also coming into work to a place where like Nobody ever questioned it. Mm -hmm. Like, I could use the right restrooms. There's no stress or anxiety. Like, my teammates were like, yeah, you're one of us, you Mm -hmm. know? And it was no issue at all. Um, It allowed me to focus on the important things like work and, like, things that you should have to to focus on because, like, you shouldn't have to stress about your right to exist. You know, you already, you spend 80% of your waking hours at work, right? So if that's also not a safe space, that's, like, not good, right? And a lot of people don't have that. So I had it, and that, like, put me in this, like, it was, like an incubator, right? Where like all of a sudden, after like four months of that, at the same time, or about four months of that as well, as like I had started dating someone, um, a woman who was a cisgender woman, um, and like being with her and like starting to explore sexually because my 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 sex response was dramatically different from mm-hmm. hormones. Um, and just like my body was finally starting to look different, like my boobs were bigger, and like yeah. I have like hips, and yeah. my skin is softer, like physically softer, but also looks softer, and my face became softer. Um, and then my hair was getting longer, so all these things started to coming together. And um, and f- the fall of last year, so almost a year ago, is when I started to really like kind of start to feel it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I started to like. In fact, this, what I'm wearing right here is one of the first, like, statement pieces I ever bought. Oh, and like, I'm all about a cheetah print. Right? I'm, yes, I'm like, that is, that's a neutral, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. By yeah. the time, for me, it was like, because I always had this, like, idea that, like, oh, I love the idea of, like, you know, to like, express yourself through clothing, but I never did it. Because, a guy, I always felt like I didn't have options, and I didn't want people to think about me, like, weird. Like, I was, I was afraid like, people would judge me, essentially. Mm-hmm. And initially, as I'm transitioning, I didn't want to draw any more attention to me because I was trying to like transition and like look different and do it under the radar. But then as you start to feel yourself. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to start to wear things that represent me. Mm-hmm. And this was like the first piece that I bought. I'm like, I'm going to buy that.
0: Yeah. Yay, yeah. So yeah. like I
1: still have it obviously because I'm wearing it now.
0: Right. Still um, love it. It sounds like you made a great choice then yes. and still a great choice now. <laughs> yes.
1: um, started to like really feel it. I was also like going through this experience within a relationship, which like I've always kind of like... I learned a lot in that relationship because it was the first time I was with someone while I was self-aware, but also as as a woman, and started realizing about myself, like like tendencies in past relationships Mm -hmm. that like really affected my ability to like be emotionally intimate with people. And um,
0: so, how was that navigating being romantic now as a woman, and it's completely different
1: yeah yeah so i will say i haven't dated any men since i've transitioned so i, I that's will probably be a different dynamic because I, I would like to at some point but like with women it's interesting because so i don't know if you heard the classic like lesbian like trope but like you hauling right. So you is like you get with someone and you just like fall head over heels and you just move in together. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's, it's real. Like, <laughs> me and my ex, we like seriously considered it. I ended up just moving to it was closer to her mm-hmm. while I was working in the city at my job and um, vulnerable with somebody off the bat and you're both vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, you're both just, again, this is a general statement. So I apologize if anyone's listening to this, that doesn't feel this way. But you know, I mentioned the changes in my feelings with hormones and being more sensitive and more like in tune with my emotions, mm-hmm. you know, as a, I feel like a lot of women are that way, and um, being having two women together like that, it's it's just a different dynamic. It's 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 very rich. You did know? you feel
0: like that transition was actually smooth, and you know, like you felt like it was right, kind Definitely. of like it just worked out, like yeah. being romantic and um, with her.
1: Yeah, it did, and it also worked out because she was more of a dominant, like more of like a willing to be like, you know, take the the lead, mm-hmm. which I appreciated, and I, yeah. I never had the luxury of letting someone else take the lead. Right. And yeah. Like sex and just whatever. Was, um,
0: she, was she, were you the first transgender woman that she's been with? Uh,
1: no, actually I wasn't. She had been with someone else before me. So mm, she okay, had some okay. experience. Yeah. And we had a very similar background. She was actually engaged at one point too. And then came like figured out she was a lesbian mm-hmm. and like, and, um, yeah, it was one of the things we hit it off when we first like matched on, I think it was like, okay, Cupid or something. On and we just realized that like, you know, wasn't really meant to be or it was meant to be but just for a short period of time yeah i just tend to gravitate to other people other people's like orbit like i orbit other people's planets very Mm. quickly and like kind of lose my sense of self so kind of like codependency exactly exactly so i realized i was like i want to actually like see what it means to to date myself Mm -hmm. so i did and for the past nine months i've like or 10 months or whatever i've been like essentially dating myself i like I've gone on a couple, of, like, dates with other people, but for the most part, I, I go to dinner with myself often. I, like... Getting to really know you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, done so much for my confidence. But at the time, like, I through that process, I realized, like, in that, that time period in January, I'm like, what are the things that, like... I started, like, neglecting when I was with her that, like, I told myself I wanted to try when I was modeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not to, like, get into it, just for, like, myself. I'd see mm-hmm. these trans folks post their story and some like ended up being into modeling. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that would be cool to try. Like at the very least to give back to have these photos for other people, you know, other trans yeah. people. And, um, I reached out to a friend who is knew I was obviously supportive and queer themselves. And I was like, Hey, do you know anyone that like, is like a queer photographer that you trust. So they hooked me up with somebody down in LA, mm-hmm. Alex, who was, um, an binary photographer and, and we messaged on Instagram and really hit it off. And, um, I booked a, a shoot with them on Valentine's Day. And I, oh, wow. I, I like, okay. literally drove down. I got an Airbnb and I did, I did a photo shoot on photo shoot Valentine's Day. And it was like, it was fucking magic. Like I literally like, I was so nervous and I get there and me and Alex had been texting. So we totally hit it off. And they're like, they have this like amazing ability to just make you feel super comfortable and confident. And um, I brought a bunch of outfits, like not even sure what I was going to wear. And once we started, like something clicked. It's like I'd been modeling like my entire, it was wild. I was just like, felt so confident in front of the camera. And I, it was like, someone else was like, came out. It was, and it was crazy. And she didn't, or they didn't know it was my first time. Mm-hmm. They like assumed I'd done it before. Well, I, like, I just, because like, I look at your pictures on
0: Instagram. I'm like, oh, like she's, you know, like you said, serving looks. She has all these different great shoots, you know, you're, um, changing, uh, like, basically the look for the scene and you have like serious looks you have playful looks and so it's like I was just like oh you know and plus you're moving yeah um also to pursue your modeling but also to have to build your career in modeling and your your other career yeah you know and so I was like oh that's so cool she must have been doing this for a while. like Nicole's been doing this for a minute
1: but- I, for the first time in my life I feel aligned mm-hmm. and I feel like I have like a purpose a purpose that I always was kind of craving, but mm-hmm. couldn't quite like put my finger on it. Yeah. Like I always had this, this, this feeling that like I should be doing something to give back and something bigger. And once I did the modeling thing, it's just so many things had like very, just like fallen, fallen in line and in order. And it was just, it was insane. Cause I did the photo shoot and then I like left that thinking like, should I do that again? Like, that was amazing. And I was like texting Alex about it and they're like, you really good. You should consider trying it again. Um, so I set up another photo shoot with them in April. It's like a month and a half later. And, um, had the same like amazing experience. We did like, it was like the first time where it was like, I was really new. I was trying it out. The second one was like, we like planned it, right? Like, I could plan mm-hmm. what I was going to wear and everything. Um, and then th- through that shoot, uh, my work ended up tapping me to help out with the pride campaign for that year, which was for the transgender community. Mm-hmm. So, um, the person that was working the creative direction for the campaign, her and I became friends. We're still really good friends, actually. We hung out earlier today. And um, she saw the photos that Alex was taking and she was just like, these are fucking incredible. Like, do you, so first off, like, are you interested in modeling for this camp, for our campaign? And do you think Alex would want to be the photographer? I'm just like, <laughs> yes and yes, right? Yeah. So I hit up Alex, I'm like, do you want to like do this? They're like, oh my God, fuck yeah. Yeah. So they had, they were like, tapped on resources so they had alex source all the, the models and it was all trans and non-binary models in the mm-hmm. la area and i i flew down with the creative team and we did this beautiful shoot and that doing that and also being asked to be like a spokesperson for the campaign and um having like I, I flew out to new york and i like spoke at events and with like other like lgbtq like influencers and like celebrities and like media outlets um, and just kind of share my story and how it related to work, and I'm um, having like this safe space at work. What I meant and how we want to support the trans community, and then these like photos like w- it ended up being on a billboard, and like there was like photos all over New yes, York, and yeah. it was just like what is happening in my life right now. And it was like this, it was like this turbo, you know what I mean? Yeah, warp like, yeah. speed, like you know. Right. And what was really cool was because they needed me to be out in New York, I was like, well, I'm gonna go I, a whole week. I'll like look for other like photographers I can work with. So I had someone that had started to follow me. This is like the beauty of social media. The first photos I did, once Alex posted them, I got a bunch of new followers. And I'd been slowly starting to build it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then every photo shoot after that just brought me more followers. Um, so I ended up uh having someone follow me that like I just I followed them back because I like loved their work. It was them and their partner, and um they were in New York, and I a month a few weeks before I knew I'd be going back there. I was just like, I want to plan a trip out there. Like we should work work together. Just like, Oh my God, we'd love to work with you. And then like a week or two later, it was like, I'm going to New York, you know? So I hit them up. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be out there for like a week. Would love to work with y'all. And they're just like, Oh my God. Yes. So like I flew out there, did my stuff for work but i also did this photo shoot and um it went really great but like with that photo shoot it opened up all these other doors in new york because i had these other people that like follow them from new york mm-hmm. come to find out when i am when i was when i was out there the first time well when i get back they wanted me to come back out for the actual parade it was um, world world pride mm-hmm. um our celebrity influencer for that year was for this year was sasha Valor mm-hmm. and sasha was like running the entire um float we let them like take over the float and i got to meet them at the media event i spoke at and they were just like such a sweet they're so amazing we're actually like we're cool we're, like friends now and um sasha um was like you need to come back to new york to be on the float like I'm, i'll make sure of it i was like okay cool so i got to go back to new york then another oh month. my gosh yeah went for a week again but this time lined up like a few shoots and one of them yeah. was with this photographer, Pauline who um i've worked with a handful of times now Pauline had shot with those people before and Pauline's story is rad, rad i won't get into it too much because it's like a whole other thing but um she's basically like in her 60s trying to reinvent herself she's been a photographer her whole life so mm-hmm. she's like this like untapped like you know what i mean like she's so good but people are looking her but so she saw me and she's like i want to work with you yeah so we did a photo shoot which is like the one of me like in space looking I'm oh sure okay you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and like we did that and it was like amazing right and then through that, we just stayed in touch, and she connected with other people, and with an agency, and she's like, let's work together again. In the meantime, like, I get back from from New York, and I'm like, I did some other photo shoots just, like, in LA and locally, um, and her and I stayed in touch, and I started thinking about, like, maybe I, I want to move to New York, because every time I've been there, the energy was just, like, I don't know, it just feels very alive, and it feels like there's so much opportunity, you know, and, like, it's really whatever you want to get out of it. You yeah, know? like you can't overtake New York, right? Like, right. Because it's just always going.
0: You but know? it sounds like there's a ton of opportunity Abso- out there. Absolutely,
1: yeah. and like the best way, because out here, like I'm hindered by the people I want to work with because they're in like L. A. and New mm-hmm. York. So like I would have had way money, way more shoes under my belt, more stuff on my Instagram, more content. You know what I mean? More connections being made. Yeah. But I couldn't because I had to like wait until I travel. So I, mm-hmm. I started like talking to my boss about it. Like, hey, when something opens up in New York, I'd love to transfer out there. Mm-hmm. Um, just like manifesting it throwing it out there you know yeah, yeah yeah at the same time I like I did schedule some time in New York I ended up going back um, for a photo shoot again with Pauline and someone else and um, next thing you know like a month later I hear back from my boss and he's like hey like this might actually happen like there's actually a, something opening that you'd be perfect for It's like wait what so like we like just like started with the process and there was literally no rub ups we like within a month it was like okay cool yeah you pick a date basically it just like all fell into place then. all fell into place and this me? is where I need to be. This is yeah. where I feel like I have a community, I have family there now essentially. Yeah. And
0: Well, that's beautiful that like it just all falls into place and that you are so open to having that change in your yeah. life. You're like setting it all up. So like what is keeping you um, like motivated and grounded and like confident in all the changes that are happening?
1: That's a great question. I'd say a, a really, 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 big part of that's just my community my children mm-hmm. family like I wouldn't be who I am without them and some of those like they come from different areas some are from work some are like my actual like blood family some are my folks in in you know New York some are just my trans folks on Instagram that follow me or that I follow too um, I think it keeps you humble you know because mm-hmm. we really can't do this alone like again I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for I wouldn't be sitting right here if not for the people that supported me so that's a really really big part of it the other is just this desire to like create change. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I want, I want to, I want to open doors for other people that don't have the same opportunities that I'm having. You know, because mm-hmm. yes, I am marginalized in the sense that I'm transgender and I'm disabled, but I'm also very privileged in the sense that like I'm very able to walk still and get around pretty easily. Like that'll change eventually as I get older. Like I'm, I'm definitely going to become more disabled as I get older. We all do, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like. I'm cisgender passing, so I'm in public, like for the most part, until I start talking for a lot. Even that's starting to like become less and less most people just assume I'm a woman, because I am, but like mm-hmm. it's it's like less stress for me to worry about, you know? Yeah. I'm also white and that's like a big thing, you know? I'm like coming out as white is a thing, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have to like understand your privilege and how that affects other people. So like I really want to get out there and I, I want to bring visibility to being disabled and being trans and While there are other folks doing that, I feel like I offer a really specific, unique perspective and experience that a lot of folks have. And being that, you know, I'm an amputee and I'm trans and I'm a very atypical model. I mean, like I have tattoos and I'm not six foot something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and and I had this, honestly, I'm going back to just feeling aligned, you know? I love myself for the first time. And like, that's a really big motivator. Like. Like, I, nothing scares me, as crazy as that sounds. don't get me wrong. There are things that scare me. But, like, in terms of, like, challenges or, like, Mm -hmm. feeling like I can do whatever, I can, like, take on the world is how I feel. Like, because I'm confident in who I am, because I have the support of people around me, and because, you know, it needs to happen, I feel like I can do anything and yeah so far that's kind of just how it's manifested it's really really wild right and
0: I like love that even like through this whole process you're like oh I recognize my privilege yeah in this and that's like that's beautiful to be so perspective and you know and I'm just figuring out now I have privileges and I need to like tackle them and like realize them and how can I be impactful with my privilege though that's beautiful yeah I'm like so excited for all the things that come. Um, and then I want to go back to when you were saying that you are open to dating male as yeah, well. And yeah. so I'm wondering, did you always feel like you would be open to dating men or was that just something that's kind of more sprouted up recently?
1: So the answer is it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, my first sexual experience was with a friend of mine who was a boy. We were both boys. We were like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like hot. <laughs> he like looking, he was in high school. We were like in middle school and I didn't think of it as an attraction at the time. I just thought, I, I mean, looking back, that's what it was. Yeah. But you were thought curiosity. I, yeah. I was like, him. I want to be good friends with him, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he like encouraged it, you know, we were like, we had sleepovers and he was like, let's like, let's try this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was really nervous about it just because of church and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started to mess around and we did it a handful of times and I liked it, but I stopped because of shame. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And he was respectful. He's like, okay, cool. No worries. And like, mm-hmm. maybe people found out, but I never found out that people found out, you know? So
0: yeah. And is he heterosexual?
1: I don't These days I don't even know where he's at at the oh, time. Okay. Yes. At the time. Yes. Mm, okay. Okay. I mean, at the time that's how he was, how he was presenting to the world. Like yeah. he had girlfriends and, um, he wasn't actually like actively like dating, dating other boys.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: um so that was like the first experience and that was the last experience I had at the time at least with um guys I am I heavily identify as being like attracted to women, like mm-hmm. no question about it that's something that like hasn't changed in fact like I appreciate it more now as mm-hmm. a woman you know as like living as a woman and um but I also recognize that like I there's a lot of experiences I just haven't had because I was like so vanilla for so long you know in mm-hmm. my sex life Um, so if I were to give myself like a label, I would say I'm pansexual. So Mm -hmm. for those that don't know what that means, it's, um, attraction of folks, regardless of their gender. And I like that word because it also takes into account of like non-binary people as well, Mm -hmm. um, as well as like agender folks. Um, I'm not picky when it comes to, (laughs) you know, I just, for whatever reason I, well, I shouldn't say for whatever reason, there's a, there's a great reason for it. Dating, dating men as a transgender woman, like non-trans men, like cisgender men, Mm -hmm. Um, It was really tough because um, homophobia is still really prevalent in our society Mm -hmm. and there isn't a lack of an awareness to what it means to be trans and um, assumptions are made and they assume, especially if you still have a penis, they assume that you're just a guy. Mm -hmm. What they don't understand is that when you transition, everything about you changes, like everything about you, you know, like when I'm around people now, like. They don't even see it. I was so different before, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even intimately, like being with somebody, like when they touch my skin, it's gonna be really soft, like other women's skin, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I have boobs that are my own, that are not even fake, you know, they're my boobs. And mm-hmm. and, you know, my hair and just all these different things. And my body hair disappeared. I had like no I used to have like back hair and chest hair. It's like gone from mm-hmm. hormones. Um and just, you know, just feeling for me at least is my own experience, just feeling more At ease with like just my feminine side, which is generally associated with you know being a woman, and um, at least like in within like the binary. And I think if more men could open themselves up to this to this idea, they would actually like see that like no, you're 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 a woman. The only difference is is like some trans women like opt not to have vagina. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that scares some men. Mm -hmm. The other thing too is like. I don't mean, I mean, I'm, I'll say whatever, but like, I'll just say it. The feminine penis is so much different. Like hormones changes it oh, a interesting. lot. Yes. Wow. Oh my okay. God, so different. So for those that are listening that don't know, it becomes like smooth and soft. It doesn't, it doesn't get fully like hard and erect like it did before. Like it gets sort of, it's, it's like a clit essentially. It is a clit, mm-hmm. but just. Because you no longer have, uh, like that male hormone. Yeah. yeah. No testosterone. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I personally, at this point in time, have had an orchiectomy, which is i had my actual, like, testicles gone. So now no more testosterone production, which is, like, easier on my body. Now I can just take estrogen as opposed to taking estrogen and a blocker, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really tough on your body. Um, But, yeah, not having that, because it doesn't, like, you don't get aroused the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. as a guy, I would get... You know random erections and you know like at times that were yeah
0: I mean you can't really tell when a woman is turned on (laughs) no
1: exactly or there's no
0: like physical I mean but it's not
1: like literally you have a penis sticking up exactly (laughs) and even though like you have a penis like it doesn't doesn't do that anymore right Mm -hmm. so you can you can like feel it like me and my girlfriend -girlfriend, ex-girlfriend used to call it the pussy sparkle right like (laughs) it's the same thing like Mm -hmm. yeah it's not a vagina but it's still a pussy you know yeah yeah it's like that same feeling of like yeah there's like blood flowing down there and it feels really good um, and then also just being on estrogen, how everything else is so sensitive, mm-hmm. like my you know my boobs and like my nipples and like other parts of my body, um, and learning how to like you know master those. You know, there's all yeah. other there's other ways to be sexually active um, with with men, and I think that most aren't even aware that sex can still be really really good. Um,
0: so when you encounter someone cisgender cisgender male, yeah, um, do you have you been like uh, on dates with any of them do you have to like when do you kind of disclose so much about yourself
1: yeah so um I haven't really been on any dates I will a couple but um I have learned and just through stories and hearing like you have to disclose it early unless unless you can really really there's some people that are so stealth in their transness their identity whether they've like uprooted their lives and they, they like now have a vagina and they just looks very 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 cisgender and their voice everything about it mm-hmm. maybe at that point you can never never say anything or not say anything initially but um, you know in most states it's still legal to actually like do harm to a trans person if you find out that they're trans oh Especially, wow yeah the, the trans and like the gay panic defense trans panic, same thing there are only, like seven states it's illegal so like if I don't reveal that up front like, I run that risk of that person being violent. Mm-hmm. So she wanted more, like, a private yeah. setting, you know? Yeah. Um, and that
0: they will have the right to be exactly. violent.
1: Exactly. So I choose... I have chosen to, to keep it, like, up front on my profile when I've had dating apps. I don't right now. Um, which has been tough because, like, you get a lot of folks that want to, like, fetishize you, mm, you know? Yeah. And they just see you as, as something that... And, and not necessarily as someone they might want actually into a relationship with, right. you
0: know, just kind of like fun to explore. But I won't tell yeah. anybody, and yeah. uh, I'm not going to disclose that to, yeah, the, like, yeah.
1: Which there's actually this movement that's kind of slowly starting to take hold. It's called the transamory movement, and it's it was started by these men that like realize that there are actually a lot of men out there that are secretly into trans women, and it's fetishized because it's so it's because it's a secret, mm-hmm. right? But, like, as you start to explore with trans women and you start to see the things I was explaining earlier, that, no, you're still, like, very much a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's these, like, steps, there's like, a progression where, like, you start off by being, like, totally, like, total fetish. Then it turns into, like, willing to go on dates with them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and then, it, but, like, maybe not willing to be in public, like, with, like, their friends, you know? And not, mm-hmm. like, coming out to them at all about this. Um, and then from there, it turns into, like, you spend enough time with someone and you start to, they start to, like, defend you you know and like stand up for you and then they'll really make it public it's like this whole like model that a lot of it seems to be pretty common actually with a lot of men that actually pursue this I think we like, have to just cultivate um, a level of, the, of understanding and education and acceptance with folks so like we can like end the violence that I was just referring to yeah um, so yeah so for me you know I, I would put it on my on my dating app and it definitely I would get less hits like if I didn't put it on there like like, I feel like, you know, I'm a pretty woman, you know? You're cute, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, like, if I didn't say I was trans, my shit would blow up. Like, mm-hmm. so many messages. And as soon as I put them trans, um, it's, it's messaging, but it's just not the same, like, level mm-hmm. of folks. Okay. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then the ones you do get are, mm-hmm. like, kind of pervy. You
0: know, oh, interesting! Like you know. that fetishizing yeah. that you're, or it's just like straight to being sexual, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah.
1: it's it's tough to be on dating apps as a trans person. Um, I know I have some friends that have had some success, um, at least when you're trying to date men, yeah, uh, or assigned male at both birth folks um, that haven't transitioned. And
0: uh, would you say your type has changed with men and women, like, or is yeah. it still what you've always been
1: into? Well. I don't know. That's a good question. I think what it's done is open the door to explore that's already been there. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I'm definitely... When you, when you say type, do you mean like...
0: Uh, like, because I'm only saying that because uh, prior you were saying that you were, um, you know, looking for a woman that is... Oh, uh, Yeah. Christian, um, looking for someone who's got that wholesome kind of like Mm -hmm. uh, got their shit together in this sort of way in a very Christian uh, religious kind of background. So I'm like, are you still really into uh, women that are you know, like, got their shit together and really religious or yes. spiritual, maybe not religious so much in Christianity. Are you still looking for a spiritual partner? Is that, like, is that type change? Totally. Um, Maybe, it, like, the type of guy. Like, yeah. are you still into, like, the guy that yeah. you were um, experimenting with yeah. as a teenager? Well, I mean, of course, that has I mean, probably
1: changed a lot. Well, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, yes, Holly, about I've changed <laughs> so much in what I'm looking for. With a guy that's different because I never... I didn't used to fantasize about men. Like I didn't see someone think like every once in a while I see someone think they're like really hot, but mm-hmm. usually like it wasn't like that's my type, you know? Yeah.
0: Like obvious hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: or obvious attract. Cause there are people that are obviously attractive, yes. but you may not be sexually attracted to them.
1: Definitely. So that I'm still trying to figure out at this point. I'm definitely like queer guys, guys that are like, you know, maybe they're tattooed. Mm-hmm. They're like, open to the idea of sexual fluidity and like maybe have been with other folks that are like identify and on the trans spectrum of some kind or at least like on you know the lgbt spectrum um preferably like bisexual or pansexual whatever um would be like for sure you know also just in general man woman non-binary person anyone like big plus if you go to therapy because like therapy changed my life and yeah. like you, for, for you to have the tools to be able to like talk about your feelings like that's what makes a relationship last for a long time you know yeah. and I've learned that I really value that anyways but um but yeah I, and um yeah I haven't been with enough guys to really say for sure but that's like what I but I'm realizing I'm in mean, too taller than me for sure like I want someone gonna be able to like protect me, pick me up, you know, like yeah, yeah. rock me around in bed a little bit, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, yeah. Um, for a woman, it's definitely, yeah, I mean, I would just say like queer women, whereas before like, I didn't really like think about that in that sense, you know, but like I, I love tattoos, I love women that like are willing to express themselves in a way that's outside of like the binary, um, or outside of like the heteronormative expectations, more than I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, I don't care so much about spirituality anymore like what do they believe like mm-hmm. for anyone like if you believe something that like makes you happy gives you purpose like all four as long as you're not like telling me how to live my life that's yeah like, right how i feel mm-hmm. um but but yeah i would definitely say somebody who like is very like aware self-aware mm-hmm. you know so where when it comes to um issues of gender which you know a lot of women have thought about obviously just because of being oppressed in society you know Mm -hmm. um oh my gosh well
0: so i guess like to kind of end the podcast i'm just curious like what are some uh just like things that keep you confident because it sounds like everything you went through you have to be confident even in moments where you don't feel confident you still like overcome it and you uh maybe not overcome it but like you're still willing to continue the good fight. You know, you're still wanting to pursue and chase after what you believe in. So like, can you share like what you do to stay motivated, confident, um, to keep yourself going when you're down um, and when moments aren't so hot and great?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say um, I don't meditate as much as I used to. I still practice mindfulness and that's a big thing for me because once I understood that my mind isn't me it's just kind of it often thinks of random things of its own thing like I'm just saying that like the mind is that way and feelings can be like false in a lot of ways like they exist and you have to acknowledge them but you, once you accept it it kind of just run their course so when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm fe- not feeling confident I just acknowledge it for what it is and mm-hmm. I kind of let it run its course you know and I think I reminded how like Nothing is permanent, mm-hmm. even the few ones we have. Confidence isn't permanent either, you know? It's always ever-changing. Mm-hmm. So, like, it allows me to kind of rise above. Um, the other thing is, is not being afraid to, like, reach out to, like, a friend to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that you trust, mm-hmm. that you know isn't going to undercut you and undermine you, that's going to build you up. The other thing is I, I actually do a lot of, um, so I journal a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I journal, I'll, like, write to myself. It's, like, almost like a letter to myself and i'll just remind myself of all the things i've been through and all the things i've done and sometimes i'll say them out loud and i, oh, I love that i find so much strength when i do it like mm-hmm. i'm like reminded and i'm like built back up and i'm like holy shit yeah nicole you are a fucking badass like mm-hmm. think of all the things you've done so far in your life and all these that were against you yet you still like persevered and and your whole life you persevered you know and you've always been an example of people people always looked up to you and and just all these different things that I can list about myself yeah. that remind me and oftentimes it just brings me out of whatever like, I'm feeling. Right.
0: I love that because yeah. that just gives you a lot of affirmations yeah. and you're writing that letter to yourself. I need to start doing that. You should. Highly,
1: anyone <laughs> leave this. I highly recommend. It's like, it, it goes back to when I was talking about being in a relationship with yourself. That's part of it for me. It's like, I talk to myself. Like as crazy as that sounds, like I'll, I'll like remind myself things like sometimes when I'm like not feeling it or, yeah, um, you know, it's important.
0: And then I swear last question, okay. like
1: where do you see
0: yourself in like five years? Like Ooh. what do you see like Nicole, like
1: the life? Yeah. It's a great question. So I'm going to answer this in two ways. Okay. I'm going to say where I want to be, but I'm also going to talk about briefly about like, want to be in mm-hmm. five years. I want to be, <laughs> there's like little things I want to see. Like I, I really want to be in Vogue. Mm-hmm. Like love to be on vogue someday but that's yeah. like you know bigger goals um i actually want to get into acting i'm gonna take an acting class i'm going to new york and i actually have a friend writing a script right now that um they have a production company in la and hollywood and um it's about a trans woman and her best friend of a guy and like how it affected the transition affected them and um, they want me to audition for a couple other parts so like i'd love to get into acting um so in five years like I'd, i just want i want a large platform and i love to see myself you know like i guess famous but like in a way that allows me to leverage that to to like make things more accessible for folks, both mm-hmm. disabled and trans and you know, just other folks that are marginalized. Um, yeah, I mean I'd love to be like modeling for like name brand stuff, you know? Like give me some Gucci girl, you know? Yeah. like I want to walk some big road. Like high end. Yeah, I want to walk in, you know, Paris Fashion Week and New York Fashion Week, you know? And like conquer those things and then whatever, whatever the next thing is those things lead to more doors, which is kind of like what I was saying at the start of this question was the philosophy that i have is you know you you don't know what's on the other side of that door till you walk through it mm-hmm. but i've learned that as you just walk through doors no matter how scary they are there's always more doors mm-hmm. so i recognize that like i would love to like be an actor and like you know maybe make my mark there and be a model and like who knows whatever else um the reality is is like i'm just gonna enter each door as i get it and there'll be other things and i'll just readjust you mm-hmm. know like if I see an opportunity that like makes sense after I have walked through this door of modeling, I'm gonna jump on that and just walk through it, and that will lead to something else too. Yeah, you're and, not blocking anything. No, nope, not at all. And and the important thing is, and this is something that stuck with me from before I started transitioning, was I was watching this, listening to this podcast about um, how cool it is with social media these days, where it's in general where it's, you're basically like documenting your life, right? And how cool would it have been to have like people that, that like have done really cool things in their life, like Versace and whoever, you know, like how cool would it have been to have like have their Instagram story from before they became what they were known for. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's this like living, breathing, like documentary that will exist on the internet. And, um, I like, I take that approach to my social media. Like, I don't want to be pegged for anything in particular. Like Right now it's modeling and right now it's working in like a corporate job, but like, it could be anything in five years the point is is like I'm just gonna keep building it and building mm-hmm. my network and bring my reach through social media and you know see where it takes me and
0: yeah it sounds like in five years you just want to do amazing stuff and whatever yeah. it is you're like excited as long as like the platform fits you suits you and yeah,
1: ab- yeah. absolutely and I will say too like I, I have some I, like I have some things I do want to do I want to build something you know I want to like I want to figure out how I can get more disabled folks' visibility, you know? Like, I want to... One of the things I really want to... Oh, I love about modeling is how, like, it just makes you feel so empowered. And, like, when I look at my photos, I'm like, oh, my... Who is that, right? I'm like, Mm -hmm. that looks so awesome. Like, I look like a badass with my leg and everything. Yeah. And there's so much power in that when other people that aren't disabled see that. Because they think, like, oh, that looks fucking cool, you know? Like... I, I like that, you know what I mean, and yeah, like right. I'm not gonna say it like that. I would say I want that, but in a way, subconsciously, like when you see things that you can't have, you like want them more, right? And if you see these like people that are disabled, they're badass, and these and people you know, love new ideas. Yes. And, yes. Like, so I want to breaking the norm. Is absolutely, really important. I want to make it being disabled fucking cool to like the everyday person, you know? Which yeah. like you have to. It's a fine line. You don't want to like tokenize, you know, disabled people and like right, miss exactly. their, their experience, mm-hmm. but I want to like build something that like allows that to happen, you know? Whether it be a business or like a collective of some kind, whether it be a uh, uh, inclusive clothing, something right. Mm-hmm. So that's like in five years, I'd like to like have that venture started mm-hmm. as well as like just having done whatever I'm going to be doing and modeling and maybe acting. So, yeah,
0: yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And then like another question, uh, along with like the five years, like physically, is this like your vision of who you want to be? Um, I guess like forever Or are you still in that transition process?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when you transition, I mean, I think for anybody, we're always transitioning into different people. Right. Mm -hmm. But as a trans person, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing thing for sure. They say most of the the initial stuff happens in the first like five years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's just like little things that seem to happen, but it all happens so slowly that next thing, you know, it's like, you can't even tell that you're transgender because there's just so many little things that add up over time. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I imagine that I will be a lot different in five years. Um, I also, you know, I've known plenty of trans people that as they've explored their identity have felt that they were a little more like fluid, you know, or like felt that they were more like non-binary or like non-binary and femme, you know. So, I, I'm open to that potentially being something that like could happen, mm-hmm. you know. But I will say that, yeah, I expect my I expect myself to, to, to change in five years um, just from my body changing and... Um, Just being socialized, you know, when you're in society and living a certain way, that's just when you're treated that way, that's how you respond. And Mm -hmm. next thing you know, it's just, it's all you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like life. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. This is so fun. I am so honored to be able to like have you here in person and before you go off into New York and like really hit the ground running and continue your great work. Well, thank you so much. Of course.